0: Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we travel to Italia. Hello and welcome to
1: Second Cherry. I'm Matt. And I'm Monty. This is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each episode, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. Mm,
0: and at the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote on your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Hello, Monty! Ciao, Matt! Come stai? Ciao, Bella. Um, uh, what what did I say? Uh, uh, bene. Ben- yeah, Bene. Yeah. <laughs> Uh molto, molto molto be- bene. Molto bene. Molto uh, bene. Grazie. Grazie mille. Yeah. <laughs>
1: prego. Prego. Yeah. We're sat here with an Italian drink yeah. with a little Aperol spritz something favourites mm. from Turino. Yeah. And this is the last of the Aperol as well. Cleared us out.
0: Well, for the next five minutes and then we'll buy some more.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's become
0: a drink of choice really, is not it?
1: It has, hasn't it? Mm. yeah. You know. it's the, the secondary emblematic drink, <laughs> <laughs> as if we, as if we needed one. <laughs> so here we are in Italy we're going to have a look at the San Remo Festival but let's um, let's just catch you up on a few things that you've been telling us and saying to us uh, some of you have been touched on Twitter David Orwood our lovely friend David says yes so happy with the result of the Estonia second cherry I actually don't know why I love this song so much but it's probably my favourite from this year's national finals think I might beat Team Estonia at this year's final Ooh, okay mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you, David. Look out for David if you are coming on the night as well. We're not going to give anything away, but yeah, just have a look out. Monster gigs, of course, have been ever so kind to us, nominating us again uh, for the oh, yes. podcast of the year, but also being very excited about Second Cherry as an event coming up in their um, in their things to look forward to, Ooh. which is very exciting. And Bob has been in touch. Uh, Bob has well, it's actually a few episodes since we looked at the mailbag so let's just say bobs just had a loving with us every episode really <laughs> hi bob Dave Mack has said as well. This is uh, in relation to the Estonian uh, second cherry. Uh, oh, you had to mention Kate Bush's performance on German TV. I actually thought the same. That was me saying that. I thought the the, the costume choice reminded me of that. Thanks for keeping the off and now on season going. See you at the second cherry harvest festival. <laughs> I'll bring glaciers as my offering. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. So. Lots of you uh, messaging us. It's always lovely to hear from you. Do drop us a line. Although we are recording the last batch of podcasts today, so we won't actually get a chance to read you out.
0: But we will respond. But we will respond, yes. So with the mailbag now emptied, sack now emptied, should we get on with the rundown?
1: Yes, let's. So the Italian national selection was via the Sanremo Festival, the 73rd Festival della Canzone Italiana, the 73rd Italian Song Festival. It's, it's astonishing, isn't it? It's mad. It's great. Held on the 7th to the 11th of February, 2023. It is, of course, a five-night festival. We'll run down the nights for you in a moment. Um, but held, as always, in the Teatro Ariston in the middle of San Remo.
0: We, at Eurovision last year, last last year, we were in Torino, we really thought about going down to San Remo, didn't we? We were like, can we, we do it? It's a faff. We didn't in the end, but we. I kind of regret that. It would have been so cool to see this... I mean, it's quite a small place. It's not... San Remo isn't a big city or a really, you know, big destination. It's kind of like... The theatre's quite small, really, and it's in a
1: tiny town. And there's not really that much to see. I mean, it's like, you know, it's a cinema as well. So, you know, that's what's outside it, like whatever's showing at the time. Yeah,
0: it's like if we had equivalent here in the UK, it'd be like Scunthorpe.
1: It'd be like the Odeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, Sam Remo, we, we, would it be nice to do a little pilgrimage? Mm. But, yeah. I wonder whether our way in is as
0: prayer somehow. <laughs> oh, maybe. We know maybe. we have people that have, have done that before.
1: Yes, you has been there. And, um, For
0: me see insight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a good experience. Donald's probably. been there as well. Donald McNaughton. Do you know Donald? No. Up in Edinburgh. He's been just as a guest, I think just to oh, sit wow. in the audience and wear a fancy tuxedo and oh, be glamorous. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So Sarema is well, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You do need to settle yourselves in to the five nights of it. But um yeah, the first two nights were broken down where half of the songs were sung on each night, the Tuesday and the Wednesday. And they were judged by a panel of journalists, but split into three groups. The press who were there in the press room, the TV journalists and radio and web journalists, which is quite interesting. Mm. I mean, imagine if you threw the Eurovision results over to everyone who's got a laminate in the press (laughs) centre. It's quite a lot of influence, actually. So that's how the uh, acts were ordered on the first two nights. On the third night, all of the songs sang again, and there were 26 of them yep. this year, so it's a long night because there's a lot of chit-chat in Sanremo. They, there's no urgency <laughs> about the show. Italians, especially
0: during Sanremo, I'd say, are not interested in brevity.
1: no. It is a long, long, long night and a long, long, long week. But anyway, the third night, all the songs are sung again. And this time they were judged by a 50-50 split system of televoting by the public and a demoscopic jury. The demoscopic jury is a thousand music fans who vote from their homes via an electronic voting system, which is all overseen by Ipsos. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so 50-50 split there. And then on the fourth night, all the contestants perform it again, but they don't perform their San Rainbow song. They perform a cover of a song, uh, and that can or cannot be with uh, another artist as a duet. That's right. They don't have to do a duet, but they can do. So we get some interesting pairings sometimes. And then by the time we get to the Saturday night, all of the... Oh, actually, it's 28 entries, not 26. All of the 28 entries were performed again using the combination of the systems voting that had been done the previous nights. And they're all added up through the week as well um, to pick a final five songs. (laughs) And they go into a kind of super final at the end where the voting is opened again and the winner is the one. That wins. wins. <laughs> <laughs> the winner gets the opportunity to uh, go to Eurovision, but if they don't want to or they're not available or they just refuse or whatever, the organizers of Sanremo reserve the right to choose another artist from the entries of their choice. Mm, not
0: necessarily second place. Not
1: necessarily second place. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. There's also a feeder system for Sanremo, which is the uh, the Giovanni or the Nuovo Proposti, the uh, the young artists. So there's a little competition before Sanremo, and this year six of those artists were um, won a place in Sanremo, but they bring a new song to Sanremo when they do oh, right, because okay. it's not what it's not what they had in the Juniors contest or the new artist contest. It's a brand new song because all of the songs in Sanremo are unheard of before the night. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got our artist selection. There were two former Eurovision entrants in this year's lineup as well. Marco Mingoni, who, of course, won Sanremo, went to Eurovision, ten years after his first um, appearance. And Anna Oxa, who appeared um, singing Avrevoluto in 1989. Oh, she was back in San Remo. And I do like that, that, you know, they, they do have artists returning. There's a lot of familiar faces. And the the more established, the legacy artists, if you like, are celebrated in San Remo. It's not like it feels sometimes in the UK, where if you're not in the charts, we kind of don't want to know about yeah. you Yeah, Yeah. So, of course, Marco Mangoni won. Um, and he had a very successful Eurovision as well. He was fourth at Eurovision, with 350 points, improving on his seventh place in 2013. Almost evenly split as well between the jury and the televote. 176 points from the jury, 174 from the televote. So it was equally liked.
0: Isn't that funny though, how a a song that obviously wins San Remo and goes through the absolute rigorous, you know, Mm destruction-tested route of San Remo, then goes and gets a very even score, not even, it's a lot, but yeah, even between the two. And I just feel like this is how Italians do well. I say it every year. It's why they do so well, because the song that makes it to Eurovision through Sanremo has absolutely been destruction tested. Yeah. And you know, it's good.
1: You could possibly say the same about Sweden as well, because it's yeah. come through a very rigorous system, but there's the quality of entries as well. I think what stands out for me with something like Sanremo is how, Artists are using this as the launch pad for their new single or a song off their new album. That's what they're competing with. This is, you know, one of the best ways to get your song heard in the Italian system.
0: Well, it is an ecosystem because you can see, if you follow the charts, which I do, I guess probably some of the people that might be in this year's Sanremo, or the next San Remo because they pick from the people that have been doing well in the charts in the year before Mm. and have made a name for themselves. And then equally, if you do well and you're in San Remo, you then have chart success after. And we'll come on to just what that looks like exactly, because some of the artists this year, it's been a crazy success for them. Um, But yeah, it's, it's interesting.
1: Now I have to address the elephant in the room slightly, because I think there are some people who just see San Remo as such a slog. And... Let's face it, it is. It's a lot of game through. For me, it feels like the kind of show you need to become attuned to. You need to kind of understand what it's going to be, go in with the expectation that, yes, there are going to be great swathes of the show where you're not going to be hearing a a potential Eurovision entry. um, And there's going to be a lot of speeches and a lot of comedy sketches and all of that in. But if you go in with that, what you find is such quality of songs Mm. in San Remo each year. It's almost like, you
0: know, you, you, as a kid, you didn't necessarily like the taste of coffee. You didn't necessarily like, and sometimes you just grow into it. And I think, Sanremo is exactly that. You're right. It, you, The more you watch it, the first time you watch San Remo, you think, oh my God, why would you put yourself through it? Yeah, the music's good, but why would you? But actually, you start getting into the rhythm of the Italian language. You start thinking, oh, I'm not quite sure what was so funny about that joke, but the visual funny to me. So you kind of like laugh along and just get an understanding of kind of what's going on. And also, if you follow it on Twitter, like a lot of people do, you do actually get a lot of people explaining what's happening. So that's the one way to do it as well. It's kind of like a communal watch. It's a good communal watch.
1: Yes, yeah, so over recent years, with Amadeus as the um, program director and the presenter, I have learned to yield to him. <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh, increasing marginal returns. So, Marco Mangoni, a little bit of a horn dog, <laughs> I think. Do you think it was the right choice, Matt? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there are other great songs. Like it, like it is every year. I think there are songs that could have done very well, just as well, but I think it was the right choice. I think, you know, Marco's a great guy. I love the fact he had the story of coming back and the song
1: was exceptional and it was staged beautifully. It really was. It had such a classic sound to it. I absolutely agree. I think it was the right choice. It's hard to argue with a song that came forth at Eurovision behind a couple of massive hitters. This year. So let's have a little listen to Marco. Marco Mangoni there, fourth place for Italy at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. But what did Sanremo have to offer besides Marco? Let's find out.
0: Song number one is Do It by Elodie. Monty, Elodie returns yet again, bit of a fan favourite. Um, thoughts on Due?
1: Yeah, I mean. Oh, she's so effortless, isn't she? Yeah. She's such a watchable performer and she always delivers the goods. This is her third Sanremo entry. Uh, Tutta colpa mia in 2017. Andromeda in 2020, which was oh. also our Italian second cherry. That was a banger. Uh, yeah, that was an absolute banger. And Due this year, she looks amazing on stage. She's got this sheer outfit with this... These black feathers uh, across the jacket, slicked back hair very, very dark bold eyeshadow. She's like
0: some gorgeous bird lady.
1: Oh, she just looks <laughs> absolutely amazing. And it's about you know, sort of um, a relationship that's sort of you know, it's run aground before it's barely got off the off the starting blocks. Um, and if you think about it, our love was just born but it's already ended badly. <sighs> And, um she goes to this uh in it as well there. you're the wine that gets me drunk my out of tune note profanity at home and uh, this bitter night Niagara falls from the eyes I still notice you oh she's
0: not over it no I kind of oh, get her. no oh, oh, yeah. oh, they. well she is straight she's got a gorgeous boyfriend or did I saw them oh. smooching on insta yeah hmm? she can land them I do think though it's kind of do I? I don't know. I was struggling to know what that meant. She talks about the two, your tears and my tears. And I think it's like the binary nature of a breakup. It's It hurts two people.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, it's very lushly orchestrated. And it's just... I mean, this could not be anything other than a ta- an Italian song. It just feels quintessentially San Remo.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's the best song to sing live. I feel it's a record recording song... But it's still a cracker. I am an LED fan. I have, you know, got her album. I listen to her album a lot. It is banging. If you haven't heard it, do listen to it because it has some of recent singles. She's been charting in in, in Italy, and uh, Okay Respira is called, and it's just banger after banger. It's solid, solid. So I would love her, you know, to win one day and go to Eurovision. I would absolutely lose my mind because I think she's got everything. She just needs that one song. I actually think Andromeda was that song. I'm trying to remember who beat her that year. Diodato? Yes. Fai Rumore? Yeah. Who, obviously, we now know that Eurovision was cancelled, so Led wouldn't have got a chance after all, bless her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm a massive fan of her, and um, I just,
1: please come back again this year. <laughs> she feels like an artist that is destined to get to Eurovision one day, I hope. You know, one of these artists that takes place, takes part multiple times and then finally gets there. Like our second artist, who is back for the second time in Sanremo, but was also in the Giovanni contest as well, it's Ultimo with Alba or Sunrise.
0: Stesse sopra i nostri limiti E credessimo ai sorrisi come i comici Se non dovessimo parlare per conoscerci Se non amassimo soltanto i nostri simili Forse avremmo gli occhi
1: solo Mats, what do you think about our uh, Ultimo? i adore this song
0: it's i love the build of uh alba and i think uh is a really interesting artist he has he sort of nails the, the the power and the softness in this song with with great aplomb i think he's a great storyteller on stage which i think a lot of italian they get right a lot, a lot of San Remo performances, you know, they, they're, they're experienced artists and know how to storytell And I think he's, for someone so young, I'm assuming he's young, if he came through Giovanni, you know, before, um, he just, yeah, he just seems, it's effortless for him uh, as well. I don't think this was ever going to win, this song, but it is a stunning entry. I really love it. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, I like this too. So it starts quite piano based, but then the orchestra comes in builds in from a kind of that spoken Italian singing that's very, very common in Italian music into a really quite beautiful melody, I think, in the chorus. And we get a little bit more percussion coming in the drums and driving it forward as it goes through. And there is absolute light and dark in this. The passion is there, it's really intense at times and then very quiet at other times seems to say there's quite a lot of angst mm. and then it feels like the song is a bit of a lament to a lost love but yeah this really was got loads of tattoos as well yeah they had them all on display on his arms
0: <laughs> i have to say i think talking about sort of chart success and what sanremo means to the industry his album went to number one three weeks for three weeks after sanremo it was sort of um uh, took over from another artist who we're going to talk about, uh, who has his own story about how his album sales went when it comes to San Remo. But it just goes to show that, you know, he didn't win. Um, you know, he took part and, and found a massive uh, chart success, therefore financial success. Um, and he's a name. And, you know, it's I'd love to see it. This is exactly what San Remo should be doing. Uh, song number three, then, is Mr. Rain with Super Heroi. invincibili, pioggia Mmm, Monty, Mr Rain is a bit of a big star in Italy.
1: What's your thoughts? Yes, uh, Mattia Ballardi, he's called, but known professionally as Mr Rain, an Italian singer, rac- rapper, and record producer. Um... He's a blondie. He's playing the piano at the start, um, and then a group of small children finally, the <laughs> idea sit down on the stairs and start singing along in the chorus.
0: Yeah. And
1: it's the kind of thing that I should hate, but those kids are so sweet. They are They're super, adorable. super sweet, and it just lifts it. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's called superheroes, and. Um, It's about kind of needing to be together to take on the world, almost. Um, It says, uh, you're born alone and die in the heart of someone else. Uh, We are one-winged angels and we'll be able to fly by just staying next to each other. That's sweet. Gorgeous. And the kids, there's two kids with one wing each (laughs) and they come forward and they form a pair so they have a pair of wings between them at the end. I mean, it would have been a bugger to to stage at (laughs) Eurovision... Because, you know, you don't have to put the kids on video. You might have got away with the, them recording as a pre-recorded backing vocal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's maybe just as well they didn't get there. But, I mean, if you told me the ingredients of this song, I would probably balk at the idea of it. But it's gorgeous. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, it hits very differently
0: from everything else in the selection, actually. I don't think anything else had this same sort of sweetness but it wasn't saccharine it wasn't sort of like ugh, like you said yeah if you would explain this song as if you didn't listen to what the the piece we just played and you we explained this to you'd be like oh it's probably just something just way too sweet it's it was just done really well actually i think it's a really gorgeous song i think it's a little bit forgettable even after all this time i still can't quite remember the melody of it all I think it is pulled through a little bit with his popularity, his general popularity outside the contest. But again, you know, it's Italy proven, it can draw in its big stars and why it continued as well at Eurovision. I think, um, yeah, another great addition to the selection.
1: I think this song as well illustrates the impact of San Remo being over several nights because it grew and grew and grew as the contest went on. On the first night, it was ninth of 14 songs. Because there was only half the songs being performed that night, but by the time we got to the third night, where all the songs performed together for the first time, it had gone up to third place in the voting. Mm. So there was a huge leap from the first impact out of the press once the public got in and started voting for it. You know, and I think that really changed its fortunes. Um, it was fourth after the duets, fourth after the first round of voting. On the final night, which meant it was in the top five, and in that second round of voting in the in the final, it went up space from fourth to third. So I think you know this. That for me is a sign of the public really connecting with this song. Next up, it is Paola and Chiara with Furore or Fury. In Matt, had you heard of Paolo Chiara before going into Sanremo? No, I hadn't, actually. I hadn't, actually, but they've had a fairly big career. um, And they had um, a huge song um, in the early 2000s called Vamos a Bailar, Let's Dance. It was a a big hit in Italy. Um, So this was a a comeback for Paolo Chiara, who are sisters. No, I see that. Yeah, yeah. That
0: what hum- did you think? It, look, it's fun. I have to say, if Italy had its own version of like Love of Huns um, <laughs> then Paolo and Chiara would be leading the charge. Let me tell you. Um, look, it's high camp. It's high energy. Um, it's the kind of song that is always sort of sniffing around the Eurovision and the national final circuit. This year, a song like this is it's in Sanremo in Italy. I can't ignore how plastic it is at times. But then, to be honest, Paolo and Chiara, they aren't trying to be anything other than just what I think just purveyors of fun. They're there, you know, they're sort of in their glitzy outfits. They know exactly what they're doing. So they're not being too earnest with it, which I think where this sort of song really fails when people think they're being really, really, you know, good, and they're not. (laughs) But um, the, the lyrics, though, are just so great. It's like... The trail is no longer dark and the anxiety disappears with you. Music moves, the only illusion. To have with me, you you don't say anything. To inside your eyes, there is fire, a strobe, a reflection of us and all the colours of the city in the sunny night. Fury, fury. <laughs> I just It's just, it sounds like, the lyrics sound like the song, right? It just gives you this silliness. It's fluff, but I think it's fluff done well.
1: Absolutely. There's another bit in the lyrics where um, they talk about loving each other and making noise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, this is a group that is just popular with people, and that is borne out by the fact that they're actually the best-selling female group ever in Italy, with over 35 million records sold. Okay. Yeah. So you know, this was a this was a big comeback. It's so cheap. It's disco, it's Italian disco, it's disco throwback. It's just wonderful. I mean, it's fun, fun, fun. There's a fun routine with six male dancers, and um, they're just having fun. And I just really like the way that this came across on stage. It's impossible not to like it. There's somebody I follow on Instagram, mainly because, you know, gets his top off. (laughs) For a while Certainly around San Ram, Every picture Or every story He was posting Of himself With his topo Was with this song In the background <laughs> And it was just So much fun It was lovely So it
0: has good memories For you and Effie Which way? Absolutely <laughs> Song number five then Is Cienere By Latsa Rinasceremo insieme Dalla <laughs> Monty, change of pace again with Latza. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, so Lazza is Jacopo Lazzarini, who is um, an Italian rapper and record producer. And this is written by somebody who's become quite synonymous with San Remo in the past few years. It's written by Dardust, who's written quite a few Sanremo entries. And I think it's just got his... Hallmark all over the song. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love it. Um so Latsa comes out, he's got facial tattoos, he's wearing a kind of sparkly tracksuit. Um so it's quite oh. arresting. But I think the sound of it is probably the most modern of all of the oh, songs yeah. in Sarrevo this year. We get some rap in the verse we get singing in the chorus um, visually we get some strobe lighting very close camera work with like quite jerky cuts so you've got a camera sort of in front of him and a camera to the side and it's cutting very rapidly between the sort of the two the two shots and then some longer shots um, in the first night which is the performance that we're judging from they could have done with tidying up that camera a little bit because there are bits when you see the other <laughs> camera coming into shot um, a little bit but it's just so rapid and so frenzied and um, I love it it's um some really nice lyrics in this as well so um he wants to be out of a relationship um and so he's using uh this metaphor of um of wanting to Burn and disappear in smoke and be like the ashes. Cienere in in the title. So it's like, help me disappear like ashes. I feel a lump in my throat. In the, da- in the dark, you dance low. Sweep me away like ashes. Uh, I'll tell you how it feels. You couldn't wait to know anyway. You can erase my name. Make me disappear in smoke like a dagger in the heart as if I were nobody. Wow. <sighs> it's intense emotion. Drama. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I, this is just works for me because it's just so contemporary and this is very symbolic for me of the kind of direction that Sarah Emo seems to be going in in recent years. It feels like there's been a really determined effort by Amadeus as the um, show director to bring in younger artists, much more contemporary artists, among the older artists that they're celebrating and giving that platform to as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. This is the most contemporary song probably of the year for me. I think it is it's so reflective of the Italian music scene. Um, I actually think this would do well in the UK charts. It's just that it's an Italian if it was an English song or, or you know, we were just less xenophobic in this country <laughs> and it was promoted to here. I reckon this would do really well in the charts because he is a big name, you know, doing what he, what he does well. You're right, it's, a, it's staged quite simply, uh, and I think it is because this is sort of, we're judging it on night one, um, and he's in this, yeah, sparkly backjacket jacket number. I think they change throughout the week, so this is one specific look
1: of, of the week. It's frustrating because the performances aren't on YouTube, or they're not on YouTube for very long. They go on for like a couple of days, and then Rai takes them off again, yeah. and has the whole shows on their Rai player. But the individual songs, they only show like a minute snippet of each one. So it is really
0: frustrating for going back and wanting to watch it. And for doing a podcast about it. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) You've really got to make sure that you catch them at the time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, So there is one thing I want to say about that. So actually, this is what I find really interesting. Chene as a song... Was number one after Sanremo for eight weeks. This was after the one week that Marco Mengoni was number one after winning. Wow! Chenele eight weeks thereafter. So it's got longevity. This song, and also he had uh, success with the album. Now his album has been out like almost a year at the point that Sanremo took place. It was April twenty two it's been in and out of number one. And then after the San Remo this year, it was number one again. And it's just like, after a whole year being number one on and off, I mean, that's Ed Sheeran levels of ridiculous sales. So clearly he resonates. And if the young people are streaming and buying his music, then there's a lot of them.
1: Yeah. And second overall in San Remo this year, second only to Marco Mangoni. I mean, to be fair, Marco and Gunny did get an enormous percentage of the televote, but latter was second in that and second overall.
0: Mm. I think that's about right. I yeah. think it feels right. You get it. Great song. I think it's great. Really great.
1: So there's our five songs for contention to get the Italian second cherry nomination. <laughs> Which one is it going to be? You'll find out after this. Matt, Matt and Monty's, Monty's Good Thing, Thing of, of the, the week. week that is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, this is our Good Thing of the Week that is good. It's the point in the podcast where we just like to reflect on something quite positive that's happening in the Eurovision sphere. And today, it's going to be May Muller's debut album. It was out yesterday as we're recording, and... Hopefully, just a couple of days ago, she so get to listen to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's finally got her album out. So after the, well, the not success of Eurovision for her, she feels as though she's really worked hard. And she was on Gren Norton um, this week and promoting the album. And I think, you know, how often has a UK act that did so badly at Eurovision got us place on Graham Norton's show to promote their album this far after the event.
0: Yes. Yeah, and indicative of the BBC wanting to, you know, uh, aftercare for their artists that go to Eurovision, regardless of how well they do. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, the album's great. You know, it's what you expect from Muller. It's very much her lane. Um, you know, there's actually, there's a song on that, which I think was better for Eurovision, me, myself and I. Mm-hmm. But there we are. Um just exceptional, you know, sort of young talent and hopefully, you know, she can knock on from this and, you know, sort of get more success. And yeah, I, I like you love to see it. What I thought was really gorgeous, I follow her on Insta and she did this video of she kind sort of had it was like at midnight or something and it was her she had Spotify up and she sort of like they're like counting down and then she's like, yeah. And all her friends around and, and she was like, it's almost like she was in tears that she finally got this album out. And it's just lovely to see that. Cause I think sometimes, and especially people like me and you Monty on podcasts, we talk about things, you know, like, you know, dismissive of so many things, but actually these artists worked hard. And, and especially, I think the album is called Sorry I'm Late. And I think it probably is because people have been expecting an album for May Miller for so many years. She's been around the industry for a while and it's just lovely to see like this outpouring of relief and, and, and pride that she's finally got an album out. And it looks like it's probably going to do all right, hopefully, um, by the noises being made about it. And it's just lovely to see. And I'm just, yeah, I'm glad that she's having that moment after Eurovision.
1: Yeah, it feels so, so you're working towards something. I think for any artist, you know, having a career-defining moment like Eurovision is, is a massive thing. And that went sour for her uh, when the voting started to come in. So having something to work towards, like, you know, having your first album. I mean, a debut album is massive for any artist. Mm. And, yeah, really, really pleased to, to see that. I also like the pun of the title, sorry I'm late, because they also put the album release back a week as well. Now, I don't know if that was to do with the fact that Kylie announced her album uh, on the day that this was going to come out. So lots of people just said, oh. I'm not going to put my album out. Same time as Kylie. But um, yeah, it's quite it's quite fitting that after all that time, the album was a week late as well.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so May Muller and your album, Sorry I'm
1: Late, is... Matt, Matt and Monty's, Monty's good, good Thing of, thing of the, the week. week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So Matt, tell us, who is the Italian cherry... For 2023. It was
0: a tough one. This wasn't unanimous. We had to go back and forth, back and forth within the team, but we've landed on Chenele and Latza. Let's have a little listen. Cherry, there,
1: and that's our Italian cherry. I yeah, we love it absolutely. And I like that it's contemporary sound. I think it was a very hard decision. And let's tell them what the other the other deliberation was. It was, of course, Paolo and Chiara with <laughs> with their forore. It was a very tough decision, and I yeah. Let's see what you think of it. There is a, also
0: I will sort of temper that by saying that there's also songs in Sam Rimmer this year that were exceptional. We didn't even talk about on the podcast, so the, the axe has to land somewhere. And it just um, sorry, girls, it's Cherry all the way.
1: So you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can tweet us at Second Cherry or EXOS. 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 You can Instagram us, second underscore cherry, and find us on Facebook at secondcherrypodcast. And you can also email in, which is... Hello. ...at secondcherry.vision. Hello. ...at secondcherry.vision. We have got two more episodes to bring you before the lineup is complete. And yes, we know, time is getting tight. So you're going to have Second Cherry Overload... From now There'll be a further episode This week And then one next week And then We will be opening The voting For The second Cherry Final mm. Which will be on the 13th Of October In the RVT With the lovely Eurofest And With Teja and Selena From Austria Ooh.
0: I'm getting excited Very excited
1: There's a lot of work To do before then
0: There is I've had um, uh, a friend of ours A mutual friend Said um, Are you doing like EastEnders Omnibus Of Second Cherry At the end of the series I'm like "Uh, Yes actually You're going to (laughs) get A load of Second Cherry episodes Right before the live show And you know what You're going to love us for it Because there's Some big songs coming up So yeah It's going to be good
1: We will be back with you Next episode Which we will keep A surprise For now
0: Yeah That's, that's a, yeah, that's, that's, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We'll be back with you later in the week. See you later. Bye. Bye.